I'd like to tell you about the strangest secret in the world. You go inside the cage. Cage goes in the water. You go in the water. Sharks in the water. Our shark. They don't come out in so many words and say that they want to take us over. <laughs> They're too clever for that. But that's what they want. They want to take over us, individual me. And if we let them seep in here from down yonder on Cross River, if we let these do-gooders, these bleeding hearts, propagate their insidious doctrine of involvement among us, then, my dear friend, we's in trouble. Deep, deep trouble. You're listening to P.T. Pop on A Mind Revolution. Leading you out of the rabbit hole, one grain of truth at a time. Rabbit hole. Hey there, everybody. It's PT Pop here in a Mind Revolution. And today, I'm talking to Cleveland area artist Gregory Allen. And we're going to be talking about his work and his inspirations and where he got all of his training and things like that. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading me. And uh, thanks for coming today, Greg. And if I, as I said before, if I call you Jeff, I apologize. <laughs> it's all right. I have no problem with that. <laughs> oh, okay. I, my, my weird brain, I, uh, for some reason, I, I confuse things. I'm very, I don't know if you call that just adult brain or. I can relate. Yeah. It's maybe it's part of the being, I, I forgot to tell you, we've got uh, a guest here tonight. We've got George Harrison. You're a Beatles fan, right? Oh yeah. 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 I, um, I have, uh, I had this friend of mine in high school and his mother had this George Harrison doll. Cause she's from that era of, you know, Beatles. Mm -hmm. fanatic and she had this doll she gave it to her son who was my friend and i drove him crazy i said you gotta give me this doll <laughs> and i thought you know it, he finally gave it and gave it to me and i found out years later that it wasn't worth anything because it doesn't have the plastic guitar that comes with it oh okay with a guitar it's worth like three hundred dollars but without it it's probably worth like 10 bucks or something but i keep them around to do um photo shoots to focus on to give uh, examples of uh photo shoots, things like that. So I love it. <laughs> well, thanks for coming today. Thanks for coming all the way down here to my studio. I oh, really sure. appreciate it. It's going to be um, a lot of fun talking to you. I discovered you on another podcast called the Schwill, the Schwill podcast. Cleveland uh, Schwill. Yeah. A couple of guys here in Cleveland doing the same thing I'm doing. And I, I had not heard of your artwork or any of your work and I'll go over to your website here and your work just really caught my eye. And if you go to GregoryAllenArt.com, you can see a lot of his work here. A-L-A-N. Yeah, um, it's GregoryAllenArt.com. And I just was very taken by your work from, from the moment I saw it. Um, as we were talking off, off microphone earlier, just the, the color composition and... The uh, composition, the color theory, the use of lines to create um, what, what I perceive as to be movement in some of your work yeah, is just really important. Yeah, it's really fascinating. And I'm just scrolling through here on some of your work. And what I was going to do is just going to go through here and just ask you a couple of questions. Now, where did you start off? Where did you get your first idea you wanted to be an artist? Uh, as a kid, I started to doodle. Uh, I just doodle over and over and over again. It seems like um, I have I have a lot of art in my ancestors. I guess the 
mural in the terminal tower was done by my Polish relatives. So I had this love of doodling. My father noticed it. He was also somewhat of an artist. And he uh, would bring home forms from where he worked and so I could draw on the backs. I would just do that constantly and constantly. Mm-hmm. And over time, when I went to school and I would start to draw, people would go, oh, wow, that's great. I, I was <laughs> better than anybody. I was always the guy, the artist. Greg the artist was what they called me over the years. Yeah. Even in the high school. And so uh, I realized that that's what I really wanted to do was to be an artist. And so uh, I uh, got a job in a gas station. Remember those days when uh, you had to have somebody else fill your car up? Oh, yeah. They'd run out and fill your tank. Yeah. Yeah. I was one of those guys. It was before you know, you had to have a trained technician, a pimply-faced 18-year-old. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so I worked at this place, Sitco in Parma. Oh, yeah. And uh, Parma. Parma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> State Road in Brookdale. I still remember it. Oh, nice. Uh, I scraped up enough money to uh, apply to Cooper School of Art in Cleveland, mm-hmm. which is now defunct. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I went in there in 1974. They accepted me. I showed my portfolio. They liked it well enough to uh, allow me in. So uh-huh. there began the journey. Oh, that's awesome. And do you have anybody that's like your inspiration? You know, are you a big Dolly fan or? Uh, you know, a lot of your work is surrealistic to me or very impressionistic. So I didn't know if you're, um, who was the artist I asked you about online? The uh, guy that did the Beatles. Oh, Peter Max. Peter, Peter Max. Max. Yeah. yeah. It seems like you have a lot of Peter Max influence. That was really interesting. You said that because I never really thought about that, but in some of my pieces, there is that mm-hmm. I hadn't really, uh, noticed that until you brought it up. My biggest influence I was 17 years old. I was in arts class at Mid Park. We had an we had a uh, assignment where we had to either pick an artist or pick one from a list, research that artist, do a report on that artist, and then do a piece that was similar to what that artist did. Mm-hmm. So for whatever reason, I either picked or was given Van Gogh. Oh wow! Van Gogh. I I found out later, so I pronounced it. Yeah, well. and. Uh, Whoa, I, I had no idea about this man. I didn't realize what was what a sensitive soul he really was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he only sold one or two paintings in his lifetime. And the more I studied him, the more I uh, was influenced, not necessarily by his art yet, but by the type of person he was. Extremely brilliant and unknown totally unknown i bet there are a lot of people out there that can relate to that right today yeah uh and so i um went to the cleveland museum of art Mm -hmm. it just so happened to be a van gogh on display this was before they didn't allow you anywhere near and i was able to get like two within six inches of it and i could practically feel the passion in the paint the way he, he just globbed it on but in this kind of controlled frenzy yeah and uh that changed me. And that's what I do to this very day, even with markers, is to try to control that passion the same way that he did. Uh, he blazed so many paths and, and nobody knew about him. So that, that moment when I was within six inches of that, I practically smell it. Was when I, I didn't realize it then, 17-year-old doesn't know shit from Shinola pretty much, but mm-hmm. uh, I knew 
looking back that uh that that was the turning point for me in, t- in terms of my style so would you say van gogh is your primary influence yeah okay easily just uh not only his personality he he was an alcoholic and, and i think he suffered from dts a lot and Oh, did okay. I knew he, he knew he would, had some issues mentally. Yeah. I don't didn't realize he was an alcoholic. Yeah, so I think that had a lot to do with it. They didn't have any real way to approach alcoholism back then, so they sent him to the sanatorium. And uh, he was probably schizophrenic, probably this, probably it doesn't really matter. What it matters is, of course, is how he he introduced a di- whole different world. He, he took impressionism to a a new level that no one has since before or after been able to really emulate. Do you ever see the, like if you go to the Cleveland Museum of Art, they had a, a Van Gogh display here and some of the, you know, the little, the little markers of the, the signs that tell you the story behind the, the painting. Do you, do you think those are authentically realistic or are they just somebody's impers- impression or their interpretation of what they think he was painting about? Cause sometimes they're very, I don't know. You know, as an artist myself, I'm like, you know, it seems kind of like they make stuff stuff up to make it fit the painting or something like that. Oh, I totally agree with that. Uh, the art establishment defines for the rest of us what is good, mm-hmm. and they tell us what a painting means, which is totally bullshit. Yeah. Just make it up. Yeah. Everyone has their own idea of what's good. It's all subjective. These guys get, these art critics get paid to tell us what's good and what's not. It's only, it's like Siskel and Ebert, thumb up, thumb down, yeah. who's right? Yeah. It's purely subjective. And if you look at it and it affects you, then that's all you need, really. So um, so when when these pretentious people start to tell us, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, obviously it was from this, you know, I don't know, it, it moved me. Yeah. It, yeah. That's all, that's all that really matters. So I hate it, I like it, I don't, whatever, it doesn't really matter. If it, touches you which is my goal then that's all that really matters well i remember there was a piece by van gogh just recently in, in that display or in that exhibition where his the hands in in the photograph of whoever or in the painting of whoever he was painting were larger than anatomically should have been mm-hmm. and i think the display said van gogh emphasized the size of the hands to emphasize that this was a working man who worked in the fields and like what a bunch of horseshit i mean maybe he just got the hands wrong Maybe that's what he wanted to do. I mean, did he really consciously go, let's make this guy's hands because he's a farmer? Yeah. You know what I mean? I was with my wife. This is, what is this stuff? All right. I mean, who really knows? I I, um, I don't personally worry too much about that, about whether or not a hand's too big, hand's too small, Mm -hmm. uh, because of the overall, you're not looking like when you draw or paint uh, a person, you're not looking for it necessarily depending on the type of artist you are or anatomically correct yeah what you're looking for is the shape and the feel and the emotion Mm -hmm. how it all works together in on the plane that you're working with so Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes maybe he did do it uh wrong and but if he felt it was wrong he would have just gessoed it over and started again yeah yeah so he probably wanted to emphasize the hands or at least it was a happy accident which i do all the time yeah yeah that could be and uh what I, I just brought up on on screen here is what's on your shirt another day in paradise is the title of this work and i just love this it actually looks kind of like alfred e newman on acid yeah <laughs> if for those of you who don't know who alfred e newman is or was from mad oh. magazine 
But this I'm is a awesome. big fan of man. I have oh, a subscription yeah. for years and years. The illustrations in that oh, are just amazing. Man. Yeah, I miss that was probably another influence. I you know I think about it. Yeah. Love that magazine. Oh yeah, I I subscribe to the uh, Mad Magazine group on um, Facebook. I think I'm on the same one. I'm yeah. I'm on one. Yeah. Um, but this is great. What now? So do you call yourself an you call yourself an impressionist or? You know, uh, you have a title that you call yourself or my work I, I call psychological abstract psychological abstract yeah it's just it's uh it, all of them without with some exception are a, an inner expression of what's going on in here and in my heart and it's they sort of erupt i guess through me and and i start doing it and they start to exist and they when i'm done I look at him and said, "Oh, that that's a part of me I hadn't realized, I hadn't felt before, and it's it speaks to me personally. So if it does speak to me, then maybe it'll speak to the viewer." Yeah, yeah, and exactly. It, like this thing is. Uh, sometimes I worry I take myself too seriously. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a result of that. This uh, this is a this resulted from uh, frustration. I I had done a piece that was a piece of shit. You know, as an artist, you know, sometimes you have to make those mistakes. You have to fail. And I failed yeah. miserably. I was really pissed and frustrated because I was on a good path and got waylaid. So I turned it over, said, ah, fuck it. And I started, <laughs> I made the years big and, <laughs> and so it just, yeah. it just said, that's really what, what it's, it's saying. So, uh, and you, you've got an eyeball on his chin. And yeah, you notice that. Thank the, you. In the third eye is yeah. in the forehead. It's kind of funny. Yeah, I do. I I explore the idea of the third eye a lot, mm-hmm. and in this case, it should be in the chin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, just as I said, I I don't remember what I said already, but your your illustrations have such uh, uh, movement, movement, and yeah. vi- they're vibrant. That's really key. I, movement is absolutely essential. I learned that. I learned a few things in art school before I dropped out. And one of them was the importance of composition mm-hmm. and the importance of moving the eye. Yeah. Uh, this is, painting was invented before they had television. Oh, yeah. And so the, the need for movement was essential to a successful painting or drawing. Have you ever considered getting somebody to animate one of these and turn them into an animated character? Because I think some of these, I'm trying to find the one here on your website. You've got one that um, it's it's the magician guy, the magician, yeah, uh, one, of, one of Carl Jung's uh, archetypes. I did twelve archetypes. Oh, that was based off Carl Jung. Yeah, yeah, uh, that one is called a magician. I made him uh, a scientist, which uh, basically that's today's magic. If you notice, do you have it up? No, I'm not. Is it under the art of the psyche? It would be under, there's an archetypes. Oh, the, the archetype website. gallery. Okay, look at that. And he's appears to be levitating the sphere, but if you notice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This there's one. something actually holding it up. So it's. Get back to here. There it is. Or oh, is there something holding? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is. Yeah, but you don't notice it right away. So. No, no, you're right. I didn't see that at all. So he, he real he's a scientist. So if he's going to levitate, he's going to manipulate the environment rather than lying in some kind of magic 
Yeah, this just, you can just feel the, the radiant glow of the sphere on his face and j- just the, um, I don't know if those are secondary or tertiary colors on his collar. <laughs> yeah, those are everything. I, I just pulled markers out of my hat. Yeah. I just put them on it. Like, I do that a lot. But uh, that one is, uh, that was a, a project, which is unusual for me <clears throat> because uh, I usually don't plan. <clears throat> but I got this idea. I heard. We talked about in art school about the archetypes and what they meant. Mm-hmm. And there's some talk of there the 12 disciples were the archetypes and all this kind of thing. And I, I'd seen different representations of them, but I'd never seen something that was American contemporary representation of 12 archetypes. So I just decided to do all 12 of them. So it's one of the rare times that I had pre-sketched and thought about composition and, and that kind of thing. So. I did all twelve, and I did four archetypes of the human personality. So, so what are, what are the archetypes? What can you explain that? Uh, Carl Jung came up with this idea that we're com- that all human beings can be uh, condensed to twelve types. Okay. Uh, when I started doing this, when I was finished, and I reflected a little bit, I realized that we all have a little bit of each one in ourselves. It's just one. That seems to uh, oh manifest itself more in our lives. So there's uh, I can't I don't know if I can remember them all, but there's the innocent, uh, the lover, the hero, the uh, caretaker, the magician, I the see. creator. I got it now. I've got them all up here. You've got the, the outlaw. Yep. Yeah. So they're all made meant to be contemporary, and they're most of them are. Uh, the sage, you can take a, a test online to see which one you are. It turns yeah. out I'm the sage, which uh, is kind of, oh, the everyman is, is one of them too. And I, I always felt like I was the everyman, but at the age of 68, maybe, maybe I've become more of the sage, I guess. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I get the everyman is uh, in front of a house is very much like mine. I do some poetry with it as well. So you, you painted the sage here or drew it. With a beard, is this supposed to be kind of a self-portrait since you are the sage or it turned well no, it didn't uh it wasn't didn't start out that way. But uh after having finished it and at the time I had a longer beard, so I kind of looked like him. But mm-hmm. uh yeah, it was it was meant to, ha- to have a long beard, uh sort of um sort of like a monk in a way, or a shaman, something yeah. like that. Becomes yeah. a sort of a painting in and of itself. It takes me hours, but I just on meditative music and go flat out just get lost in it and see where it takes me uh um let's see the uh american what american discourse in 21st century was the same way uh it's it became i realized that there was a body there so i went with that and so each each idea followed the other so they're all full of they have little easter eggs in them there's little shapes in there you look close enough. Yeah, I'm trying to find. Um, is that one on your website? The, the it, that would not be on a website. It would be on Instagram. Okay. It's fairly recent. I finished that uh, about a week ago, I think. Yeah, the one that's kind of similar um, to Athena is. Where did she go? Uh, a neon, neon Door, which is a online lit mag. 
I have three pieces on there. Mm -hmm. And they actually, when they saw that one, they actually contacted me to do a similar one uh, for a logo for them. Yeah. So now these are all commissioned. They're, they're paying you to do this, right? They, well, Samson sits inspired one, a similar one, but okay. these were all just, these are not commissions. These are just self-indulgences, yeah, yeah. which I guess is what they all are. When, when you look into, I guess that would be the thoughts or the hair of Samson, or it, it looks like it's weighing him down. He's, he's weighted down by this heavy yeah. weight of thought or mm -hmm. something like that. And it, it references Samson from the Old Testament a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, the power of the hair. And I do that with Athena as well. Yeah. Um, the, the hair being, I guess, symbolic of of the mind or the, the mind of the powerful. Sure. And it, there's so many different little shapes in here. I mean, I, it almost looks like smack dab in the center. I don't think it's meant to be this, but it looks like an, almost a German's officer's hat or something. Could be. But there's all kinds of, um, looks like little bug drinking out of a pool of water. <laughs> and all, that's what I mean. Maybe I've done too many drugs. Oh, you and me both. Yeah. Um, the seventies were fun. But this is just, I just think this is fascinating to look at in the, you know, as I was saying to you before we started, like, you know, I, I don't, my mom was an art snob and she would look at somebody's work and go, Ugh, what do they know? They're terrible. <laughs> and I'm not quite that bad, but I, you know, sometimes somebody shows me their work I'm like, Oh, that's nice. When I saw yours, I was just like, Oh, this is, I mean, this maybe just speaks to my weird brain, all the colors and the shapes and the movement. Stuff. A lot of people like this, though. A lot of people like the color idea. And, uh, well, there's a trend uh, that's kind of driving me crazy right now, and, and it's it's okay in a way, but it's extremely derivative. There are there are a million artists out there that are splashing paint on the canvas. Yeah, and there's good. It, a lot of it's good. Color's good. Composition is good. But Jesus Christ, it's been done. I, I just can't do that. Well, uh, didn't Jackson Pollock make that famous? Yeah, and everybody's been doing either. Yeah, Pollock. You. People do drip paintings. I don't know if you know um, uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat. Uh, he was a contemporary of Warhol's. Matter of fact, Warhol sort of was his patron in a way, made him famous. Mm -hmm. Self-taught, and it's very um, uh, raw, and for, especially for its time, very, very uh, brave. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody's doing Basquiat now. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's fine. I, it, some of it is so cool. I love it. I love it. But I just, I, I won't do anything that's derivative. I have to keep it as much to my own expression as I possibly can, even though it's impossible to not be derivative. I mean, that's what inspires us. Mm -hmm. Like Van Gogh, you know, he's, he's the one. And of course, different ones inspired me, but he was the basic one. So it's going to, he's going to come out, but we I really think the art world, if it wants to get really interesting, should rather than trying to get what people would like or what what might sell, to just find out what your real yeah core is and and feed that and let it come out. Yeah, I think what's I think for me, I've seen the digital world has kind of ruined art in many ways. Oh God, yeah, because I hate AI. Oh yeah, Soulless. oh yeah, no there's soul. there's there's um software now where it can take pieces of art on the internet and put it together and make another piece of art from derivative pieces and people think that that's art they think they've created art but i what i zeros and ones what that's i've seen is a photographer is there are a lot of people who pick up their iphone and they take a picture and because they get a thousand likes on facebook they think they're a photographer 
And to me, there's picture takers and there's photographers. Right. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's very, um, you, you kind of just have to let it go. Cause for years I tried to think, well, how can I make money at this? I, and I don't make much money at this at all, but I enjoy doing it. Like I just enjoy talking to you and having other people in and, and just finding out new things. And sure. It costs some money, but you know, why not? It's just get, get, get your work out there. It's, yeah. it's fun. I'm not having, I'm not making any money doing this. I mean, I get some coming in, but more is going out than coming in. Yeah. I have to keep reminding myself. It's the, the act of creating. Yeah. That's such a gas. Sometimes, uh, it almost at the risk of sounding ridiculous. It almost, it's almost orgasmic. If I get it right, I'm like, God, yes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you sit back and you look at think, well, oh, I, I did that. Wow. It's like, yeah. And you know, have you ever found yourself getting frustrated when you're, See, I'm very um, ADD. I guess that's the cool thing to call it these days. But what, if I were to try to do something what you do, I would just be like, oh, I can't do it. I just fuck it. I just like put it down. And I'd done that with a couple of paintings and looked atrocious. It's very, very uh, challenging. Yeah. I have to draw upon. I have a, uh, I have a, a, uh, a talent for patience. I think I got from oh, my dad. And also, um, I meditate pretty much on a daily basis. Oh, good. And so to do something like that is very meditative. I'll put on uh, Robert Fripp, uh, Music for Quiet Moments, which is very, you know, ambient and, and just go off with it and get lost in these little worlds. Uh, and then the end result is an idea. I, oh, that could be, oh, hair, wait, oh, hold mm -hmm. on, expand upon the Samson idea. And so this, the, the face then sort of, I saw in my head that she is, or he, whatever you want to call, is in a state of bliss right now. It's just uh, accepting the fact that uh, she or he is filled with thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a funny thing. Cause you know, I look at some of your work and it seems like now that I'm looking at it and you're sitting in front of me you approach a lot of psychological topics. Yeah. And like in this complacent on a Sunday afternoon, that's, that's sold at my last show. Oh, is the, I thought the magician sold that, uh, the magician, the print, I, I, I gave away a drawing for a free print. Okay. Uh, and that person wanted drawing one of the artists there at the, at the gallery. Cause I, I wanted to buy the magician. I don't know if, if you or buy a print of it. Cause I really love that. Oh, one, good. Yeah. Yeah. It's on my website, <laughs> yeah. but, but this is similar character at the glasses. Yeah, you got, but the composition and the movement in this too, with the sun like burst behind him, kind of, and uh, you've got it in in I guess in thirds. You got the, mm -hmm. it's kind of like an L shape, and it just keeps your eye right. You're just drawn right to this guy's. Yeah, this that that face. was a, that was an actual plan too. That was a planned one. Oh really? Uh, yeah, I it wouldn't leave my head. That the that image would not leave my head, and. uh I, it was pre-sketched and the whole deal, the idea was that a lot of people just don't have any idea what's going on. Mm -hmm. Just no idea. Just sitting on a park bench, just completely oblivious to what's happening. As a matter of fact, um, I look at it and I think it's, it might be a, a nuclear weapon exploding behind <laughs> him. I don't know. Well, I think it's, it's interesting that it's, it's, about being complacent on a Sunday afternoon, but the colors are so vibrant and active. So yeah. it kind of contradicts the title, but at the same time, your, your thought process behind the colors, I, I don't know if this was 
methodical. You thought this out. But the colors are just amazing. Yeah, that was the idea. I wanted him to be um, dressed rather uh, beigey, rather, you know, no muted colors, and but he's surrounded by energy mm-hmm. and, and is not aware of it. I think I, I go into weird territory when I try to explain this stuff because I really can't explain it well. But that's the general idea I get, and I think other people might get other ideas from it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. I mean, you, somebody will look at that and have no idea. Yeah, it's like, a guy on a bench. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which is okay, too, because it looks good just that way. So, But but then again, in this piece, you actually captured complacency. Uh, his body, his, um, his gesture is very calm and, and relaxed, and it, you captured that complacent feeling, and it's juxtaposed with these wild, bright colors. Which I just, you know, I never really analyzed it till this moment, but it's just really. Uh, no, everything's vibration. Yeah. And there's, uh, there's so much going on that we're not even aware of. I'm, oh, yeah. Yeah. I just sometimes it blows my mind. It, I, I was just seeing a thing online that, um, you know, when you touch your hands together, mm-hmm. uh, theoretically, because electrons are so spaced apart, yeah, actually, your hands should go through each other. Mm-hmm. What, um, stops them is that electrons repulse each other. So when you think that, like when I'm sitting on the ground mm-hmm. or I'm sitting on this this couch, I'm not actually sitting on it. I'm uh, I'm actually hovering over it by yeah. by you know a microscopic amount because of the energy uh, repulsed by these two for electron forces. And you know. <laughs> Who's, this guy sitting on a bench has no idea of that, you know, and all the, the miraculous things that are he's surrounded by, yeah. he's completely oblivious to. Is this the idea behind this work? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize it until it was done. As a matter of fact, you, you looked at it, you saw these things, and it was the same way with me. Sometimes yeah. I don't realize that the subconscious uh, thoughts that I have just sort of, this is their only way to get out. Yeah. I think it's just it's just fascinating. And um so when we were talking online you said you are a Beatles fan. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm a huge Beatles fan. Did, oh, have, God, have the Beatles yeah. been an influence on you artistically or are you a musician as well? I'm not, but um uh, I'm an active listener. Would I mean where would musicians be without listeners? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean so I I can tell you this that was a really great question it made me think when I was, uh, I think I was nine or something, it was, it was, you know, those cold mornings with the yellow light, you don't want to go to school, it's blackout still, and my brother and sister were in high school, and they bought every Beatles album. Yeah. And here's a nine-year-old kid feeling really angsty, school sucks, everything, you know how, how we all oh, feel? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And kids especially, we're more sensitive. And what comes on but Norwegian wood? Oh, and that song is so like isolated and so cold and so detached. And for a nine-year-old to have an impression like that from a song, that that's an extraordinary piece of writing there. Oh yeah, yeah. That Norwegian wood is poetry, and it's when I realized that there's something besides Elvis doing other people's music. Yeah, you know, there's real depth. So that. Yeah, appealed, I think, to the uh, 
uh, the creative part of me, I didn't even realize it, the sensitive part. Did you ever look at record album covers? I used to sit and look at um, an album called The Early Beatles, which is an American release of like Love Me Do and P.S. I Love You and those songs. And I was just, I got the album in the autumn and we bought it in a barn sale in the middle of Geauga County. And the album cover was in the autumn. So I always associate that album cover with autumn and that music with yeah. fall. I don't know if you've ever made that correlation. Always. Between, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Didn't you have that feeling when you hear a song and yeah. you, you had a, you had a certain emotional feeling at that time and it's brought back to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's and one of the important things of music. I think a lot of kids are missing that today. Yeah. They just have the digital MP3s. A lot of, a lot of formulaic music out there. You really, there's a lot of good music, but you really have to look hard to find it. Yeah. It's really, it's really hard, especially jazz. I grew up listening to a lot of jazz. Uh, like Wes Montgomery and uh, Bill Evans and just really good acoustic jazz musicians. And you, you can't find that anymore. It just sounds very antiseptic and sterile. And yeah, that, uh, yeah, something like, well, I'm a big jazz fan too. The Joe yeah. Pass. Uh, yeah. Uh, I can go big long list, Art Pepper. Uh-huh. Uh, it's out there, but uh, when in, when I, in the 80s, I listened to college radio all the time. If I wanted to find interesting music, because mm-hmm. into this day, uh, commercial radio is just, it's, it's music. It's not most of it anyway. There's some exceptions. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you try to find somebody like, I don't you know, Miles Davis, I'm sure there's another Miles Davis out there, but I don't know if, if, no. if the today's market, music market, it's even, can even, attract those types of artists anymore yeah you can bring them out and make it viable to be a musician is really a tough thing these days i don't know if um i know we're off the track but i don't know if anybody really spends the time with their instrument anymore to perfect it Mm. the way those guys did like eric clapton i read he he used to rehearse or still does 12 hours a day still does oh he does oh yeah i'm a big robert fripp fan i don't know if you are uh king crimson oh okay all right yeah um, one of the finest albums ever made is in the court of the Crimson King, but all, all the King Crimson catalog is extraordinary. Uh, he has his own, uh, guitar. It's called guitar craft mm-hmm. where he, um, he teaches guitar to students, uh, from a standpoint of a spiritual method, Zen and that kind of thing, being present and being able to lift your fingers off the strings sure. rather than get that squeak in a chord change oh, all those okay. kinds of being aware of your fingers okay that kind of thing and so uh and he's another one he practices constantly even though he's basically retired uh so yeah i don't know if you find people like that out there anymore you talked about add and i i think uh add might be a serious problem for us well you know for me add like with music i'm a musician and that kind of goes away i seem to come Oh, really? Into this, well, foot photography. That makes sense. When I'm with the guitar, I'm just yeah. like, I go into this weird zen-like state. Same with painting and photography. When I look through the viewfinder of a camera, it's like the whole world slows down. Yes. It's, and I get like, it's all black through the viewfinder, but there's nothing else in the world. My brain shuts off all the noise and it's, nobody gets it. You know, it's oh, like. Only the artist gets yeah. it. And yeah, I totally know what you're talking about. That is the the thing about art and all yeah. its manifestations that it it controls it, it doesn't control you I should say but 
it fills you up and then with yeah. a, with something else that isn't the ordinary stuff. Yeah. And again, your your website is Gregory Allen Art. A-L-A-N-A-L-A-N-Art.com. Gregory Allen Johnson. Oh no, Gregory Allen Art on Instagram. Okay. And I'm on Twitter. And uh what's the other one? Oh, I do some uh ekphrastic poetry on uh on TikTok. Oh, poetry too, okay. That's excellent. And um Matter of fact, I'm going to have um, two pieces. Yeah, they're Don Columbus Pennington Arts Gallery. Uh, they're going to have a show in which they they uh, poets write poetry to the the actual painting and drawing. So I, I took uh, two down there, and I'm going to go down there this Saturday. They're going to have a, a reading of the poems attributed to the different paintings. So I'm kind of excited about that. Ekphrastic poetry, they call it. So they they look at your work and read a poem. Yeah, they write a poem based off inspired of what they see. by the work. Yeah, As a matter of fact, my son dropped it off and a poet was there and he picked picked one of them right away. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I've got a friend, my friend Rusty um, Arden down in Dayton. She's an artist, and she writes poetry and does illustrations for her poetry. She was in my first documentary. Hopefully, she'll hear this. I think the two of you would could talk for hours about stuff like that because she. She's very moved by nature. Yeah. And she does paintings, just kind of these abstract um, wood, woodland type um, pen and ink drawings that are fascinating. Does she do, then write poetry? Yeah, to she them? writes poetry to them. Oh, it's yeah. Kind of, I think you would call it more free form. That's uh, good. That's the way I do it. Free verse, yeah. yeah. Free verse, yeah. That's very fascinating. So you you get out of school. Did you work as an illustrator? I couldn't remember. I thought I saw something saying you did work as an illustrator. Yeah, I, I, um, uh, I did freelance illustration work over the years. Uh, it, I found out real quick that it, to be an artist and to make a living and raise a family is a really tough proposition. Yeah. So I just got, went into the workforce and ended up at, at Sam's World of Golf as a warehouse manager. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of their uh logos mm-hmm. and i did logos for different clients will be like schools and uh, uh i would submit a few to illustration magazines that kind of thing yeah it wasn't a real more like an avocation it wasn't a real money maker for me sure but it kept me sort of in the loop and it kept me uh like i used the markers primarily i did theater group brochures that kind of thing so mm-hmm. uh that but that's when i ended up with this bristol board for those things and these markers, and I probably smoked a joint or two, I don't know, but uh, I started to just create these things and right, things. That's the best way I can put it. Uh, and they just sort of took on a life of their own, and I became uh, sort of tuned into that muse, as we call it. And uh, like I, I said earlier, uh, then when I retired, and I could devote all my time and energy. I wasn't exhausted. I could really do it full bore, which is yeah. what I did. That's excellent. And this, so these works that we're looking at on the website, these are on Bristol board, uh, Bristol board or illustration board. Uh, some of these are the Masonite backs of frames. Okay. I uh, just, I just white it over uh, with some paint and, and did that, uh, Paintings right on there. Got a nice texture doing that. Mostly illustration board. I found I came across some uh, foam core board, okay. which uh, I did a lot of my early pieces on. As I when I retired, and I 
went nuts on him with the uh with the markers the big fat markers and things and so as long as it's a a, a plane as long as it's a two-dimensional plane i'm going to attack it because it's empty i want to fill it sure nature hates a vacuum yeah <laughs> so you've got a store here so it looks like you sell prints you sell t-shirts mm-hmm. you've got cell phone cases yes and this is uh, yeah, hoodies people, yeah they can go to your oh, hoodies and shirts mm-hmm. they can go right to your website and just buy them directly from your website yes okay. right and you take this traditional credit cards mm-hmm. right okay that's awesome and what kind of things do you have going on now? Do you have any art shows coming up or? Yes. Well, I, I'm, I've always got my irons in the fire for different uh, publications. I've got three or four submissions in now. I've got uh, two pieces. Eight, there's a place called, uh, a gallery called 83 Gallery, mm-hmm. which is down in Columbus. And they partnered with a, uh, a bar called Brothers Drake Meadery. It's a place that makes our, its own meadery. And or it makes its own mead, I should say. Okay. And it's got an attached room right next to the bar that they allowed this 83 gallery to put pieces on. So they got three, four walls and it's just jam packed with the coolest art. A lot of it really experimental, a lot of it cutting edge, mm-hmm. a lot of it like very well developed, obviously uh, a great technique, a lot of skill. And all the way through and onto the other side, which is a just throwing things on there, right? Mm-hmm. Drawing little cartoons, all cool, all cutting edge. And so I've been in that show. They do it on a monthly rotating basis. I've been in that show for two, four or five, maybe. I mean, going on six months. Uh, I actually sold one on there. That's really a great idea. And it's a great way to bring new emerging artists out there that wouldn't ordinarily be exposed. And we got a bunch of people drinking mead and, they actually are selling these things yeah, because you yeah. know if they're there and they have some meat. Oh, I'll, I'll I'll buy that. Even one of mine was sold. So Dolor, which is a kind of a weird drawing, uh, was actually meant actually was was sold, which kind of surprised me. It's wait, I just throw things out there and things that I don't know ordinarily like. I find that people like, so I yeah. I, I really don't know what's good and bad. We talk about subjective yeah. ideas and. Uh, so that and uh, the Pennington Arts, Ekphrastic Poetry, uh-huh. and also uh, the art director at Astabula Arts Center was at the Stella show, and she loved my work so much, she invited me to have a uh, solo show there. That's going to be next year, February. Oh, good. So good. always something going on. It's really exciting. It's funny you mentioned people's interpretation or their there's how they see your stuff. Cause my mom loved one of my paintings I did of, of some buildings down at high university, just some old houses. And it's, I think it's an awful painting. She, <laughs> just, she just loved this painting. She thought it was like the best thing I'd ever done. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's funny the the reactions you get from different people on different pieces of work. Um, when you're creating, do you have to f- find yourself forcing yourself to create because sometimes I go, I don't feel like doing it today. And sometimes when you do it, you create really good stuff and sometimes you don't, but do you have to be in a certain frame of mind to do it? I do. I, I, there are two schools of thought there. Yeah. One is that you should keep cranking it out. Keep at, at the board or whatever you're doing, keep at it, work every day. Uh, I've found that to be a good idea. 
but I found it personally to be impossible. Mm-hmm. It almost, it seems like um, the muse uh, takes days off mm-hmm. and the muse doesn't just come up to me and say, hey, Greg, it's time to draw now. I got a great idea. Time to paint. It sort of uh, bubbles up quietly. I start to get this idea and I get this little itch. So if I try to force it, it usually ends up being a failure. The only time that I can face the board, face the easel, is when I'm ready to. Otherwise, I'm just, I'm faking it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing what maybe somebody else would want, or I'm, I, sh- I guess I should be working. The only time that I can really do something effective is when Muse has bothered me enough yeah. that now I find myself in the board at the board or at the at the easel whatever now i can do this and then i do it and i fail miserably and i i said "Ah." and uh, that kind of drives me crazy but then i build on that so say all right let's ruin it and it ends up being really good (laughs) as, as the end result there one right there this is called this is called focus uh is this on Instagram? I've got you. Uh, yes, it's on Instagram. Is this a new one? I've got yeah, it's relatively new. You yeah. put up here on in Instagram. Uh, so I, I'm a big uh, Joan Didion fan. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> not only an extraordinary writer, but an extraordinary human being. And uh, I, I decided I'm going to do a portrait of her. So I tried it on. I failed and failed and failed. She's got such a distinctive face. Is this the, the yellow one with the face in the middle? Yes. Okay. Uh, I failed and I failed and I failed and I was losing my mind. But I thought, I'm going to try to paint her. So I have some success with this Musau. It's called Musau Black, which is, I believe, the blackest paint in the world. You can't get any blacker and any denser black than this. I'd had some success doing that. so. Um, this is pretty good. The face was pretty good. The rest, I screwed up the hair. I screwed up the neck. I, I just screwed it up. And I said, all right, fuck it. I'm going to just paint over it. And I'm going to start, either start fresh, do something else, or try again. So I'm, I'm going around in circles. And I realized, holy shit, now wait. Uh, I'm going to leave that face there and take it from there. And see what happens. So I, I just started to put color in there. Mm-hmm. Now this one violates a lot of rules. It moves pretty well, but you because I think it's because of the density of the black. You cannot take your eyes off of her, and it seems as if the surrounding color and the swirling and all that is just it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Uh, it's just it's all about that face. Yeah, in the way it, and the expression on the face, you cannot take away your. At least I can't. I can't take away my eyes from the center of that. It's all there is. Mm-hmm. I, so that's kind of that's a broken rule, and broken rules are good. So I just was fascinated. That's why I call it. Ended up calling it focus because I, and she looks at me in my studio all day long. She's staring at me like, "What the fuck are you going to do now?" <laughs> so, so you think you broke a, a rule, but it works. It does for me. It does for yeah. me. It, uh, it's all about the face. You cannot. I, am, I, am I wrong about this, or can you not take your eyes off the face? No, you're right. I was just wondering what what are the colors symbolize? The uh, 
the callers were uh, an attempt to uh, unbreak that rule by counter by giving a countermeasure to take your, your to so that two images could fight each other and you have that nice tension. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at the color, you're looking at the, the movement of the swirling, you're looking at the face, but you can't, I can't take my, my eye off the face. I thought I find that really, really fascinating just in yeah. and of itself. So it's almost like you're looking to the eye of a hurricane. Yes. And, and you're being drawn into this hypnotic yeah. trance in this, this person's eyes. And the, that's, it has all kinds of potential meaning. It, it, the inner, maybe that's the muse for all I know. But uh, it's just the fact that it it, uh, it has this quality about it. Yeah. Uh, I just love it. I don't know if anybody else will or like we're talking about critics and uh, boo, 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 and this is, I don't, I don't really don't care about that anyway, but it just fascinates the hell out of me. I think that black has a lot to do with it. You'll, you'll die and they'll, they'll say, Oh, wow. Yeah. What he Brilliant. meant by this was the darkness of his soul in the yellow hurricane of, of urine or something. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> he was in the golden showers. You know, obviously, you know, <laughs> yes, you know, that's, can't see these guys all the time. That's what I hated about college. I, yeah, I just, too. I just warned uh, my friend's daughter. She's going to art school down on date. And I warned her. I said, you're going to have to learn how to read into your paintings. Cause I'm going to ask you, what do these lines mean? And this, this, does this, you know, illustrate the darkness of your soul? And she's just looking at me like I'm crazy. And uh, I don't know if she's run into that. She, she's actually her dad is a, is an artist too. And I, I think she might be more talented than, than her dad. From some oh, work yeah. I've seen of hers. Hey, that's what got me to. That's why I, I dropped out of art school actually because uh, oh, it was just so constricting. Yeah. Uh, and on the other hand, you want to learn composition. You want to learn. Mm-hmm. You want to learn the rules so that you know what to break. But it was so, uh, something about it was so straight-laced. I don't know how it is at Cleveland Institute, if they are a little bit open-minded. I get the feeling that they're not. This is how it's done. This is how we say it's done. Yeah. So therefore, this is how it's done. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and maybe I was wrong in thinking that way. Maybe they were a little bit more open-minded than I thought. But I couldn't take it anymore. This one of yours, um, let me go back to it here and pull this up real quick. This is the one that reminded me of Dr. Strangelove. Oh, oh that's, there's an interesting story there. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. this because it reminds me of Peter Sellers should, with those yeah. glasses on in uh, Dr. Strangelove. This is, oh, wow, <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. Uh, there's, I have a big fan on Instagram. Uh, he loves my work. He's bought like five prints of mine. So, um, I thought his he calls himself Doctor Strange Golf mm. on his that's his handle on Instagram. Okay, and I I thought uh, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna do a special drawing for him. Just give it to him for free. Okay, we'll, we'll print it out and we'll send it to him. Okay, and it was uh, it was that picture of Peter Sellers in Doctor Strange Love as uh, you know the, this guy. Yeah. The, couldn't stop doing the high Hitler. Yeah. yeah uh, so, uh, I, that was another one where I, I had to do it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so I finally was able to do it to the point where I can feel comfortable sending it to him. And he loved it, but it ended up with at least two other drawings of him that I decided to just go with it. One was called reelect judge Kennedy. I made him kind of a creepy lying bastard look, you know, smiling. And another one, I forget now, uh, 
He was like, oh, isn't it? Uh, I think it called Bill Fleischman, Champaign, Illinois. And he looked like a, it looked like a salesman picture. You know, how big, uh, salesmen take pictures of themselves. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and he looked that way. Looks, you know, phony and goofy. I made a look phony and goofy. And so then just, uh, I just decided to start painting. Uh, and that came out. And, and I thought, holy shit, that's Peter Sellers again. Yeah. Uh, that one's called Trust Me. That's every insurance salesman and politician you've ever met. I think I found, I don't know which, is it black and white? It, um, yeah. You really like Judge Kennedy is black and white. Uh, I don't know if I, if I put up, I don't, I might have put up this one. Bill. Yeah. There he is. Let me pull that up here. That was a, that was another <laughs> yeah, attempt. That's sellers. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a failure that I decided to go with. Oh, that's hilarious! Yeah, that has. I mean, see, I just look at that and it just has so much movement again and expression. He's got this goofy smile, um, but then again, I'm I'm relating it to that movie. Yeah, and so <laughs> so to me, I'm drawn to it because of Peter Sellers, and I just did a podcast about him and. A book about his about his life. Oh, really? Yeah, another I, brilliant man. He was he was a tortured soul. Like, was he really? Oh, yeah, he was real real messed up. But you know, it's like the most of us I, artists yeah. are not. I think yeah. we're all a little bit screwy. We are. But you've got a new one here. Let me find this new one here. Um, I think it's a newer one. It's the, the this one. Oh yeah, the one I given up on. Yeah, I gave yeah. up on that one. You know what this reminds me of? Do you remember the science experiments in class, in science class? Oh. You take the magnets and the pieces of iron on the paper, and it's they're drawn to the magnet in this weird shape. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, yeah. That's what that looks like to me. This wow. Is, see if I can blow it up on here. I'd given up on that one because I felt that I had overdone it, uh, but I couldn't bring myself to throw it away. Yeah. And I just happened to look at it the other day, and it was sort of peeking out from behind a shelf. <laughs> is that one? Can I do anything with this? I still don't know. Yeah, I like the the the, the magnetic. It looks like the magnetic. Yeah, it was meant to be. Um, it's another kind of a uh, uh, idea of energy. How we're surrounded by energy, energy mm -hmm. fields, and all that kind of thing. And it's uh, about. I think it's about uh, the need for love, or the need for, or the conscience. I forget what. I'm just getting out of it at the mm -hmm. time, but I, I, I just, I mess it up and oh, I hate when I do that, when I get, yeah. when I overdo it and just, I'm still looking at it and thinking, I don't know if I can save that thing or not, but it is interesting. It's just in and of itself, I guess. Yeah. No, I thought, I thought the movement again, there's lots of movement in your work that I like. Yeah. Movement's what it's all about for me. See, I can see a lot of your stuff. If you got an animator to bring the stuff to life and I'm trying to think, I never of, thought about that. Think of the, oh. um, uh, is it me and my arrow? That old cartoon from the seventies with Ringo Starr narrating it. But but okay. it's got a real sketchy quality to it. I can't remember if it's that or where Wild Things Are. It's not an animated thing, but it's an old kids book from. The oh 60s. yeah, my my wife is a preschool teacher, so she has that book. Big, yeah, uh, big fan. Yeah, that's some great stuff there. Oh, pardon me. Well, that's all right. We can all. You're allowed to burp here. <laughs> You've you've got a quote now. I think this is a quote from your website. I think this is you. It says, "There's something about the creative process 
that's hard to describe, especially if you're not the creative type. It can best be described as a sort of food for the soul. Yeah. yeah and the quote goes on and on, but I thought that was significant because I've found that, you know, when I start, when I paint, I don't consider myself a painter, but I find myself, it's more like a meditative thing yeah. for painting. I get lost in it and, the, yeah. and I just, the whole process, I'm not worried about becoming the next Rembrandt. I just, whatever yeah. comes out. Do you find yourself ever just doing that just to heal yourself or just to get away or to escape? All of my stuff is that. Oh, okay. All, I, I approach every single one that way. Oh, awesome. With the rare exception, I shouldn't say every single one because something like um, Complacent or the 12 Archetypes, those are planned out. But almost everything else that I do is starts out that way and I just follow it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the same thing. And yes, I get lost in it. I love being in that world. I, then I step back and my, my mind wants to play a part and says, well, where's this going to go? And I'll stare at it. And suddenly I get this idea and I'll realize it didn't come from my head, it came from someplace else. You know, that's what it's all about. Then, oh, oh, let's try that. And it's always scary because you're taking a risk. You might screw it up. And, Especially when you're going in a really good direction. Yeah. And, oh, God, I fucked it up. <laughs> Shit. It's like a death. But, yes, that's that's the only way I can approach my work is to start just put lines on there, put paint on there, yeah. and see which way it wants to go. What what do gallery owners say to you when, when they say, yeah, I want to bring you in and have your work on display what is their first what you know they are they wowed by your work what do they say to you it depends upon the gallery owner uh-huh. uh, one i walked into by the way if you're a, if you're an artist and you want to know how to break into art galleries you have to go in there and make a get to know these people have a relationship you just can't say can you show my stuff or anything yeah i've done that <laughs> yeah <laughs> it doesn't they, work they hate that they hate that <laughs> uh you establish a relationship and I had one of my business cards I gave to her and she said, God, oh, that's scary. But here's what, the kind of stuff that uh, she's selling to people in Bratton Hall for $10,000 to put over their couch. And this very decorative kind of work. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't delve very deeply. Yeah. But when Stella's, well, I, I visited Stella's and I talked to the uh, owner, one of the co-owners, Danny, and she was, uh, very open to it. I said, look at my Instagram account. That's the best uh, representation. Not necessarily my website. And she did. And she said, fine. Uh, she had a, a little space for rent. So uh, but she's just not going to bring anybody in off the street. You have to uh, be something that's quality. That's some kind of quality that uh, represents the gallery well. So it depends upon the gallery. I've had, uh, like I, I showed uh this little tiny gallery in Columbus. I showed a piece, something like that. And mm-hmm. say, I said, you know, that's not something that most people want to put over their couch. He said, I'd like to put that over my couch. Mm-hmm. But it really just depends upon the mindset. Yeah. You have to go in and you have to talk to these people and get a feel for what they what they want, what they what uh, whether or not you fit in, whether or not their their roster is full, and they can even accommodate you because there's a lot of artists out there. So yeah. I really think I'm, I'm showing what's on your shirt now. Another day in paradise. I really think you should post this on the uh, Mad Magazine Facebook page and, huh. and say that this I'll is Alfred E. Newman on acid or on something. Acid, yeah. They would probably run and buy that. Uh, that's possible. You, you may want to market to them because it looks kind of like that to me. 
But uh, is there anything you want to plug? Anything you have coming up that you want people to come out and see? Or uh, not really. Uh, uh, Ashtabula Arts Center is not till next year. So, but okay. if you happen to be out there, it's a really nice venue. It's uh, yeah. Uh, it's got a um, a stage, and they had they have productions there, and mm-hmm. it's really really nice area. Uh, otherwise, I'm just plugging away. Uh, I'm submitting to different um, uh, online submissions uh trying to get into publications that kind of thing so i've been doing this about a year and two months now so uh a lot has been done and still a lot that has to be done so i'm trying to get traction on my website see if i can uh, start bringing some uh not only money in which is secondary to me but interest Mm -hmm. into into my work because i want to touch people i keep saying that i want to oh uh, yeah i want to i love it love it when someone buys a piece i i did this one called crown it was it for stella's oddball show which is perfect mm-hmm. and it, it sold and it was a couple hundred bucks i don't know who bought it i was the only one that sold at that show and i was so honored to that someone would take the time not only to spend their money yeah but to put it up you know want to put it up on their wall yeah and look at it. it's really it's a it's more than really much, much more than I have any reason oh, yeah. to expect. It's know? a great feeling. It's yeah. A, yeah, I made a connection. I don't even know who this person is, but I connected with them. So oh, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I've experienced it at the art art festivals where I... Yeah, isn't that, that's the coolest yeah. thing. It's what it's all about. Yeah. That's how the creative process. You're connecting with somebody else. You know, it's like, uh, as I've said before, I, I think that art is a form of love. Oh, yeah. So in this day and age, we need enough of that. That's true. And it's very true. Well, Gregory, on that note, um, what I'm going to do is we've been talking with Gregory Allen. He's a local artist here in Cleveland, Ohio. And you can see his website at GregoryAllenArt.com. And he's just got some amazing work on there. Check it out. And Gregory, thanks so much for stopping down today and making your way down to my studio. And I wish you the best of luck. Hope we can we can stay in touch after this. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you uh, having me. Awesome. Do. Thank you. Thanks a lot.